Welcome to Agent Investor, where you'll hear inspiring stories of active agents investing in real estate and building passive income. Join your host, investor and broker Tom Caffarella, as he dives into how active agents are delivering a high level of service to clients while spotting opportunities, negotiating with homeowners, signing deals, and building additional streams of income. You'll come away from each episode with practical tips, tactics, and action steps while being inspired to open your eyes to the potential deals that are all around you. After all, you have the skills, you have the market knowledge, you have access to the information. Why not leverage all those assets to invest for yourself, your family, and your future? If you're an active agent interested in investing in real estate and building passive income, this is your podcast. And now let's jump into this episode of Agent Investor. Yeah, I'm your host, Tom Caffarella. I have got a very, very special guest on with me today, Bob Leffler. Thank you for joining us, Bob. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. What's going on today? Anything good? Just the normal, everyday, you know, it's dull. What am I going to tell you? I'm running a business here. It's always dull. Yeah. So what, is that kind of, what does that kind of look like for you? I mean, I know you've got a lot of, uh, you know, irons in the firing and everything. What we do is at Fearless Agent is we help uh, real estate agents who are selling, uh, earning less than they wish they were. And they're open to the idea of having some help with that. So we do coaching, sales training. Uh, we help real estate company owners who are recruiting fewer producing agents than they wish they were. Yep. Uh, we coach them and train them how to do that. And then uh, I do speaking gigs. If you pay me a bunch of money, I'll come to your company and tell my jokes. That's how it works. That's what awesome. We- so, you know, one of the things in your bio that I really liked is, so you said you, for, you spent your first five or six years in real estate failing, right? <laughs> well, don't remind me. It was torture. So why do you think that was? What was going on in the initial years? Well, I did everything that the industry, so-called experts, told me to do. And that caused my failure. And I noticed the only people around me that were succeeding, they all had some secret ingredient, something like a rich daddy, a rich spouse. You know, they didn't really need to work. And and that wasn't my thing. I grew up in the hood and, you know, I was a high school dropout. I never went to college. So I get into real estate. I got a big Afro. My real estate car is a Harley. So I'm poised for success, obviously. Yeah. So I failed, you know, miserably for about five years. And then I had the uh, golden opportunity just by chance to go to this seminar. It was about sales. And it really was unlike anything else I had ever been to. And I remember sitting there next to this lady realtor. And I said, where in the heck have they been hiding this for five years? This is it. You know, it was obviously way different. So we uh, took that course. It was like a 12-week intensive course. And then uh, we finally learned how to sell for the first time in our career. And then... uh, Bob, I'm getting a little bit of background uh, there. Are you having sort of... I heard it noise, but I don't know what it was. So can you still hear it? Yeah, when when you talk a little bit, I don't know if it's the mic or um, noise. Yeah, yeah, it's a little tweeting. Um, off the mic, but anyway, uh, it was uh, you know we learned how to sell, and then she and I ended up teaming up, and we became the top producing team for Century Twenty One in the whole state of Arizona. So that was the that was the good news. Nice. So the first question I have, and this is the thing that you know, it doesn't really 
make a whole lot of sense to me. And I see it all the time in different brokerages. You know, these companies exist, you know, to to train agents, to get them to produce so that it's a win-win for both parties. But I hear it all the time that, that agents are at places that don't have the tools in order to get them from point A to point B. How is that possible? That that just kind of blows my mind. Yeah, I think there. if you were became a brain surgeon and you got your medical license and then they wouldn't say, okay, now that you got your medical license, why don't you watch a bunch of YouTube videos on brain surgery and try to figure it out? But in real estate, that essentially is the way it is. So they, they do a pretty good... You know, most in, in-house company training is how to stay out of jail, you know, which is important. You know, don't get in trouble, how to how to do the deals. And I don't really think they even do a too great a job of that. But uh, when it comes to actually making money, a typical company owner is not somebody who was a successful real estate agent. And even if they were, many times they had some secret hookup or or they're not able to teach you how to do it their way. So... Uh, you know, I didn't have any connections. I wasn't a member of the country club or anything like that. So I had to start from the bottom up. And uh, yeah, I did it by finally by learning sales. I didn't change my attitude. I didn't change my personality. I didn't change my goals. Um, I just uh, started doing the right thing, saying the right words in every real estate sales situation. And that that's what fixed it. So that's what we teach. So it seems like I'm getting the feedback when you're moving your hands for some reason. And I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, maybe it's not. Um, Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. Um, But um, so, so what, what was it though? So, you know, you got minimal training where you're at, or you didn't get the right training. Like you said, a lot of the brokers just focus on compliance. How do you fill out a piece of paper? What was it that you learned at that, that course that you initially took that got you from point A to point B? What was the the one you know variable there. Well, you know what we what we teach people is there's um, five presentations. So it's listing, pricing, for sale by owner, buyer, and investor. And that way, you're never in a money making situation where you don't have the exact right words to say face to face. And then to what to say on the phone to book the appointments to get to meet with those people. And once you have that. Uh, those are the skills, the basic skills. Then you got to get your schedule right so that every day looks the same. Mm-hmm. You delegate all the stuff that that is the low, low dollar per hour producing stuff. You could you could delegate everything except prospecting, basically, if you really if you really wanted to. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then finally, just the systems to put them in place to make your job fun and your life easy. And then and then that basically is it. So that's skills, schedule, and systems. That's what we teach. And, uh, and then it's just about, you know, when people, we also coach people, if they have a deal, how to handle that, how to negotiate the offers, all of that. So, so talk about the prospecting, because you said that's the one thing you can't delegate because obviously that's the number one highest paid skill. So what type of prospecting do you recommend? Well, what I did is I would start the day calling my sphere of influence, you know, people that had past clients or friends or family or whatever. And, and if you, um, uh, let's say you have a hundred people in your sphere, uh, you don't want to be bothering them, asking them for referrals too often. So probably three times a year. So that would be maybe one, one call a day. Mm -hmm. Uh, then, 
I would go to, and I couldn't wait to get through that so I could get to any new for sale by owners. And fearless agents never call old stale for sale by owners. They have the right words to say on the very first call. They always book the appointment if the, if the seller is serious. And then I can't wait to get through the for sale by owners to get to any new expireds or canceleds. And then I'd call those and get through those as quickly as I could. Then I want to get to the follow-up calls from previous cold calls that I have made. And that's where the real money gets made because there's no competition. Uh, I always get the listing. And then, uh, and then I just want to spend the whole rest of the day that I can on the phone, telephone prospecting with cold calls. And this is assuming that the agent is focused on sellers. If they, if they wanted to do buyers, then this wouldn't uh, matter, obviously. But Yeah, I, I, I think of as of October 2017, everyone's looking to do sellers because working with buyers in this market. And what market are you in, by the way? I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona, land of the blazing sun, where we have no gangs, but we do have very impolite maitre d's. So be careful if you can. Okay. Got it. So, so you're in a, you're in a hot market too. So I think hot. it's 140 degrees in the shade. Are you kidding me? Hot temperatures, hot hot prices, hot everything. So, yeah, I mean, I think like everybody's focused on getting sellers right now because you know working with buyers is tough. You could work with somebody for six to eight months and not get paid. So. You're, you're big on the phones, which I'm also big on. Do you recommend using a dialer or how do you, how do you go about that? You know, m- almost all of my uh, students who use a dialer, they use mojocells.com. That's the one that I would recommend. Yep. Nice people. I did not use a dialer only because they had Mojo and I didn't know about it. So uh, yep. I'm kind of a teched up geek guy. So I would have used it. I just didn't know about it. But But I have some of my very... Uh, highest producing fearless agent students that use they dial with their finger. Yeah, they're doing this. I, you know, so that works too. So, when when somebody comes to you and they say, you know, I want to prospect, what do I need to do? What do I? How many hours do I realistically need to put in in order to be successful? Well, I would, I would, I don't like the way agents do their goals generally. But, you know. Um, uh, like if I talk to somebody, they go, oh, I want to do 27 million. Well, 27 doesn't, million doesn't mean anything if you're discounting your commission down to 1%. So uh, I would say if you're a new agent or you're struggling, um, the minimum goal I would want you to have is 40 transactions or 40 listings in the next 12 months, because I know that's easy to do. It's doable. Wouldn't have to kill yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so the way the formula for that is yep. you, I'm assuming you're going to take eight weeks worth of non-working weekdays because, you know, every agent has holidays. Then there's the vacation. When you get back to your vacation, I got to get you out of rehab. There's all that. Right. So if you have 40, that, that'd be 10 months. So if you do 40 listings, that's four a month mm-hmm. and that would be one a week. So if the, the, to get one listing a week, you want to schedule or schedule five listing appointments a week. Two of them will cancel. You'll go on three and you'll get one at any skill level. That would be true. If you're getting more than one out of three listed, then I know you're not charging enough. So you need to raise your commission. Um, and then that'll fix that. But, um, and, and here's the way I look at it. Scheduling five appointments is like painting my house. Okay. If I hire you to paint my house, you don't quit painting until it's painted. So you just don't get off the phone until you've scheduled five. 
I don't care how long it takes. In your market, it might take longer than in my market. I might suck on the phone and you're better. It might, you might have an advantage there. The price range matters. So whenever somebody says, you know, these, these coaches that say, oh, if it's this many calls, you get this many that, they don't know what they're talking about because it would be different in every market. So I don't think it's a good idea to really compare yourself to other agents either because you want to be the best that you can be but don't get off the phone until you schedule five that would be my advice and so i know you said it's different in every market when somebody says i want to book five a week to get three to keep to to list one what would you say is a range of the number of hours they need to spend on the phone on a week-to-week basis well i don't know anybody who owns their own business that doesn't work a 14-hour day i know i do Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, uh, the work ethic in real estate is funny. I say, how many hours do you spend on the phone? And they go, oh, I spend two hours a day on the phone. I go, really? Everybody else who's doing landscaping, like my landscaper, they're working an eight-hour day in 110-degree heat. Yep. You might try sitting in an air-conditioned office with a little headset on for eight hours making cold calls like I did, and then you'll make the big bucks. So it, yep. you just get off the phone until you did five. It's that simple. So at, at my office, I, I'm pushing people and I'm having a difficult time getting people to do two hours a day. And to me, it's just like, like you just said, I mean, I'm working 14 hour days and I'm looking down the words, you're fired. (laughs) You know, maybe they should do landscaping. You know, I I'm kind of like baby stepping it right now to be completely honest with you, because a lot of them aren't used to doing any prospecting. So to get them up to 10 hours a week um, has been, has been a battle, but yeah, like you said, I mean, to me, you know, you're in business for yourself and you've got to, you've got to get there. So most of the people in my office are doing anywhere from one to three appointments a week. But like you said, I mean, that's not going to get you a listing a week because you've got a couple people who are going to cancel. And then obviously you're going to convert at whatever ratio your skills are at. So, you know, what part of it is, is part of it is the, there's so many trainers out there that teach them these horrific words to say, which many of them don't make sense. And if you're a nice person, uh, and, and meaning you're not argumentative and you don't have um, bad phone skills. Like some people are always interrupting you or they're, uh, they talk way too fast. That's a common thing. I would say if you think you're talking too slow, slow down, you know. But um, if you're just a nice person on the phone and, and, you, and you teach the exact words I teach you, uh, you're going to like the experience more. Uh, that is part of it. So I think... Um, you know, I didn't, I'm lazy, honestly, deep down. So I don't, I don't mind working long hours, but the hard work part, that doesn't interest me. So leaning back in my chair with my feet up, dialing, I mean, I don't have a problem with that while everybody else is outside getting sweaty. I mean, so um, I would be happy to, for $400 an hour. Would you prospect eight hours a day? Yeah. I would, you yeah. know, that's 800 grand a year minimum. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you're not allergic to money, get on the phone. That's yeah. all I'm Absolutely. So you go. It looks like this. It's this thing with the little buttons and stuff. So you go, Fizbo is expired. Follow up on. First the sphere, then the Fizbo's, then the expireds, then follow up calls from previous cold calls. And then the whole rest of the day, I want to be on the, on the phone cold calling. Yeah, I'm going to take lunch and I'm going to go to dinner. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that's the secret to this is schedule every listing appointment or buyer appointment or investor appointment 
at either 2.30 in the afternoon or 7 p.m. at night. And I don't know where I learned that. I can't remember if I figured it out myself or somebody taught it to me. But it doubles your income for the year because the morning is sacred religious prospecting time. Nothing You can never violate that. And if you go on a listing appointment at, let's say, 4 in the afternoon, then you can't do one at 2.30 and you can't do one at 7 and now you can only do one a day. So if you do 2.30 and 7, you go 2.30, you know, you go on the lonely old person that likes to talk a lot. I call that the Batan death march, right? But you get the listing. And then, uh, then you have time to eat dinner and then have your 7 o'clock appointment too. And you're probably done at 9. And, you know, that's two listings in one day. So uh, it's money. What yeah. the heck? So um, now how quickly do you think because I always get this, someone, some people say, well, it takes a long time to ramp up. You know, it takes a year or two years before you can start really making money in real estate. The people who follow the protocol that you're saying, get knocking all your calls out in the beginning of the day, getting to five appointments a week, how quickly can they start really making big money in real estate? Well, you know, I have a guy, um, he was on our group coaching call just the other day in uh, Mustang, Oklahoma. Okay. okay. Um, they had, I don't know if you heard about Mustang, Oklahoma, but they had a nope. tornado there recently. It did $3 million worth of improvements. It's that kind of town. But anyway, it's outside of Oklahoma City. Yep. He did, uh, signed up for the coaching on two days after he got his license in real estate. In his first four weeks, he did four listings. He did six listing appointments scheduled last week. So he's taken a listing every week. Um, there's a guy with a testimonial on my website at fearlessagent.com where he, uh, started coaching with me on his very first day in real estate in year one, he did 53 listings in year two, he did 86 closings year three, he did over 130, he made just under a million dollars in his third year. So if it's taking you longer than a week or two to get ramped up, you're either saying the wrong words or you're not on the phone enough. Um, but that would be the problem. I don't, you know, I don't ever coach somebody where I know they're not going to succeed. I can tell in my initial phone call with somebody, whether they've got what it takes not to succeed in real estate, but to succeed with me. I mean, you have to be nice. If you're the, you know, a lot of these other coaches, they turn you into this high pressure, like arguing argumentative that that isn't what real sales has nothing to do with that. Um, mm. There, if you and truthfully, the guy that taught me sales in real estate, if I had not had learned it from him, I would have never learned it because no one else taught it. Mm. Real sales training, you could get it if you work for Xerox or some big, you know, they have the best sales training in the world. Uh, but in real estate, if you don't learn it from me or you don't learn it from that other guy, you're not going to learn it. And uh, once you do learn sales, it makes it so much more pleasant and, and the conversations are easier. There's no arguing. Uh, so just, my best, my best salesperson right now is four months into the business. They came from Staples. They got trained there and the stuff that he's. This bringing, Staples? That Staples. Oh, okay. The, the stuff that he is bringing into my brokerage on the sales level, I'm kind of, you know, blown away by just having a methodology to every appointment. And it's something that, you know, I don't see many people do. And he just walked in and he just started crushing it on day one. 
because like you mentioned with the Xerox, they've got real sales training, which, you know, makes me circle back around how don't these brokerages teach it? I mean, it, it sounds, it seems so simple. You know why? It's because the skill set, like if you went to mo- like a lot of my customers are real estate company owners mm-hmm. and, you know, they're very successful. Almost none of them sold real estate. Mm-hmm. They are at any real level. They, they had a real estate license, but, you know, they were a business person. They were successful in another business. And they, you know, like an auto parts store, they sell their auto parts store. They got a bunch of money. They go, hey, this real estate thing looks easy. Let's do that. And the real skill set in a real estate company is uh, recruiting agents. That's where the money is. So that's the sales model. So um, if they're struggling in that, we can help them with that. But really, they don't know how to teach. You can't teach somebody to play the piano when you don't know how to play the piano. Is the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, when I got into real estate, my broker was fantastic, great guy, um, but not a great sales guy. And I struggled, you know, for five years and then uh, finally just met the only person in the entire real estate industry that could have taught me. Now, there were people that were successful in real estate, but, you know, there are people who... Um, like in my office, my partner and I were the top producing team. It was not a team. It was just a partnership. And new agents would come to our office, and, and uh, we were the top producing team in the whole state of Arizona for Century mm-hmm. 21. There were 800 agents in our own office. And they would, the new agent would, would go to this married couple who lived in a multimillion-dollar house. They drove a big Cadillac Escalade and a big Mercedes and asked them for advice not realizing that those people didn't make enough money in real estate to make the payments on that house and that car mm-hmm. and just looked rich because they were rich the day they got into real estate. So when I get into real estate, I'm flat broke. I stayed that way for five years. Then I learned how to sell. And then I became, you know, very, very successful. So you can't learn it from somebody who, you know, I can't teach you how to have a rich daddy. Mm-hmm. I can't teach you how to already be wealthy. And the way most, uh, you know, the two-step, pro- I'll give you a two-step process for making a million dollars in real estate. Okay, step mm-hmm. number one, start with $900,000. That's the way most people do it. So when you see most rich people in real estate, they were rich the day they got into real estate and they can't teach you that. So yeah. you need to learn it from somebody who was broke, who became rich and felt the pain that you felt. And then the other, the other uh, common problem I have or my, my students have is they, they come to me after they're already successful. So they're doing 50, 60, 70 transactions a year, and they know how to do that, but they don't know how to have a life while they're doing that. Yeah. And, you know, real estate can be a great living, but it is not necessarily a great life. So, um, you know, I never worked a weekend that means no phone calls on Saturday or Sunday, no emails, no texting ever. Um, so that can be done. If you focus on listings, that can be done. Let's put it that way. Let's take a quick break from the episode. To get weekly video trainings and connect with other agent investors, join our free private Facebook group. Just go to joincameroncoaching.com and we'll add you to the group. We'd love to see you there. When you say no weekends, you had other people kind of running your open houses and things like that? 
Well, I didn't. I didn't do open houses. Uh, just that was just a personal problem. You know, when you're doing a whole bunch of listings a year, you don't have time to do open houses. But I, that was not my, my. I do. I do recommend open houses, though. I, it's a great way to make money. Yeah. Um, here's here's the way to look at it. If you've got calling your your sphere, everybody should write this down. If they have a pen, old fashioned pen and paper, this is what paper looks like. In case you forgot, but. Uh, Calling your sphere, asking for referrals. First of all, all the sources of business are, you know, spending lots of time and money on advertising schemes that may or may not work. If you're buying leads, I would shut that down immediately. That seems crazy to me because open houses are legal. Um, then there's calls from the side, incoming calls, your, your buddies calling you, hey, look, you know, we're ready to sell. But on the proactive side, there's calling your sphere, uh, cold calling, door knocking, weather permitting, uh, uh, calling for sale by owners, calling expireds, holding open houses, and there are no other things. You know, that's it. So um, I would, I always say this the secret to life is not doing what you love, it is avoiding what you hate. Okay. So know what you hate and don't do it. So me personally, and I don't impose my tastes on customers, I didn't like open houses, okay? And that was just my thing, right? And uh, I'm very good at them. I can schedule, I could walk into your open house and schedule an in-office appointment for you, no problem, but it just wasn't my thing. So figure out the thing you say, I hate that, I'm not gonna do that. For example, if the money was the same, I always ask people this, if the money was the same, and just from a personal preference, would you rather only work with buyers or only work with sellers? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, most agents pretty much only work with buyers or uh, prefer it for whatever reason, like 90% of them. Uh, if, you, if you prefer that, then I would do that. And yes, you'd make more money if you if you focused on sellers only, but, but you wouldn't enjoy it. So don't do what you don't enjoy. So I coach people that they don't want to do sellers, that they're buyer only, and that's fine. Um, and, I, and I decided one day, I don't, I don't know if you've ever had this day, but probably some of you have had this day where you say, if I ever, ever put another buyer in my car again, I'll go crazy. My head will explode. Yeah, and I uh, I got rid of my lockbox key and I bought a Corvette so that the buyers wouldn't even fit in it and I couldn't relapse on them. And there's a warning: my wife was not happy with that purchase, <laughs> but she did get over it. But it was the best thing I ever did. And then I just did sellers only. Never showed another house. When my best friend bought a house, my partner took him out. I never showed a single house after that day, and. Uh, that's what getting upset will do to you. That's all I'm saying. So Yeah, I like that because I, I think a lot of people say they do everything and then they're not really good at buyers or sellers and then they don't make a lot of money. That's right. I would say focus is for winners. Multitasking is for losers. I don't want you to be mediocre at 50 different things. I want you to be a rock star at one thing. And then when you're great at that, then add one other thing if you want to. But so when you're talking about the, the five different types of appointments that you have, so you master one of those first, is that how you do it? Well, I think you need to be competent at 
all the real estate conversations. I don't think you're a fully formed real estate agent if you don't have a killer listing presentation, pricing presentation. The listing presentation, at the end of it, they have to be saying, hey, you're the guy. We wouldn't even consider any other agent. We're going to do whatever you tell us to do. The pricing presentation gets them to say, hey, why don't we just underprice our house right off the bat? And you say, yeah, that's what I would do. And then the uh, for sale by owner presentation gets the for sale by owner to say, yeah, this FISBO idea, I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah, you're right. I know I need a realtor. The buyer presentation gets them to, uh, what I wanted to do with the buyer presentation is eliminate all FHA and VA buyers. I didn't want to mess with them. And I wanted to have only the buyers that have at least 20 or 30% to put down, then get them to sign the buyer broker agreement eagerly, and then give a raving fan endorsement to my partner or some other agent in my office that was great with buyers. And then they take them and pay me a referral fee. And then the investor presentation really became like a little cottage industry for me. I just kind of uh, came up with that and... uh, Tell us about that. When I sold my business to another agent, about 60% of my business was investors. So, but, but then, and presenting the offer, knowing how to do that correctly. So those, that's the skill set that I think every fearless agent should have at least. What's, what is the fifth one, the investor presentation? Well, I did buy and hold investors. I picked the part of town, the type of property, And uh, I said, if you do this, you're going to make an astronomically high rate of return. If you don't, it'll be less. If you don't want to do that, that's no problem. You can do something else, but you just can't do it with me because I don't want to be around when that burns down. So uh, it guaranteed them that they're going to have a very high rate of return. And they were already, most of them, in underperforming real estate or some of them were brand new investors, but you know most of them were seventy. The average real estate investor is probably seventy years old because you have to have money, right? And uh, young people are broke. I don't know if you noticed that in America, but anyway, that that's kind of how that happened. And then they became, you know, like I did thirty transactions with this eighty-year-old couple, and um, they they referred me lots of people. I got them out of all their underperforming real estate assets into something that were very high performing. Um, so, and they referred me other people. Investors refer you other people too. That's another great thing about them. But it just kind of happened on accident. And I'm just good at presentations. I'm a presentation guy. So um, I just thought it up and, and now people all over the country use it. And hey, what the heck, right? So what is kind of working with you, a, you know, a real estate agent, they're brand new, they come to you, they say, Bob, you know, I want to become a top producing agent. How can you help me? What does that actually look like? What we do is I ship out five presentations to you. You get the visuals, uh, and there's really no magic to those, but uh, you get audio video of me demonstrating those. So it's listing, pricing, FISBO, buyer, and investor. And then we uh, supply you with all the words to say on the phone, for every situation. And then we do a separate version of those that's for messages that you would leave when you're not on a live, when you get the machine. And then what to say at an open house, part of a listing presentation in print so they can um, start learning that before the shipment arrives. And then they can call me anytime. Um, 
I don't have anything better to do than to make them rich in real estate so that I'm not, it's not like they're bothering me. And, and if they ever have a question about anything, I want them to call me. And then uh, the third part, and then that way they're getting way more coaching and they're getting it when they need it, not at some arbitrary time that somebody picked. And then the third part is we have a weekly group coaching call, and that is uh, actual sales training. It's nothing they've ever been exposed to before. So we cover in great depth all five of the presentations, all the phone dialogues, all the systems and strategies for prospecting, presenting, objection handling, pricing, farming, database, follow-up systems, uh, something we call the referral factory, your mindset, how to think right, how to hire assistants, how to do your marketing correctly without blowing a bunch of money. So it's everything that they would need to hit any level of production. And then that's one solid hour of me teaching on one or two topics of my choosing. And then there's usually about a half an hour for questions on any topic. So they get a little bit of everything. And then each episode of that is recorded for them. So they don't have to be on the call live. So that's, mm. the, that's the whole package. And how long does that coaching last for? Well, I've got people that have been doing it for 12. I, I, people never cancel, you know, we don't, uh, we don't lock people into any time frame. So um, I got people that have been doing it for 12 years. Okay, so tell me. They love my jokes. They keep coming back for the jokes. Okay, so I guess it must be you know priced a little bit differently than most coaching programs because most coaching nine hundred ninety seven dollars one time membership fee and then ninety seven dollars a month as a subscription in addition. Okay, yeah, so that's definitely a little bit different because you know most coaching programs you get into it's you know fifteen hundred a month and then really. Well, then mine is $1,500 a month. Man, yeah. And I, I mean, $97 a month, I mean, that's nothing. I mean, that's... That's the current price. After this thing, it will be $1,500 a month. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure you're aware of... You. you must be aware of all of the different, uh, you know, platforms, the Tom Ferry's and stuff what? like that. There's other platforms? There's other platforms, yeah. <laughs> I, did I did not know that. So... Um, what advice would you give to somebody who's who's on day one? What's the biggest piece of advice you could give them in order to be successful? Well, I always have my students do two things at the same time. Two at the same time. One is learn the five presentations at their own pace. You know that everybody learns different different speed, and then uh, and be pure to those, and then. Uh, call till your butt falls off and then I'll show you a new way to sit. That's what I always say. So uh, really you being on the phone, hearing what they say, you know, get just being on the phone, getting your head kicked in the phone. I'll tell you a, a day that changed my life. I want one day I called from 9am to 9pm. I took bathroom breaks, food breaks, coffee breaks, and just cold calling. And it literally changed my life because I had heard everything, every crazy thing that every seller would ever say in one day. And I didn't schedule a listing appointment, but I got some very good leads. And I knew on the, at the end of that day that you could stick me in any town with a real estate license and a phone, and I'm going to be able to make an above average income. No doubt about that. And I did that every day after that until I couldn't. And the reason I couldn't was be, and this was even before I was trained in sales, but I, I, um, the reason I couldn't do it is because I'm on, if I'm on a two 30 afternoon, 
um, you know, appointment, you can't be on the phone also. So, so, so how do you know when, when, you know, you get a coaching student and they're on the phone and they're not, they're not booking as many appointments as that you think they should, or they think they should. How do you know what they're doing wrong and how do you correct it? It's three things. It's one, two, or three of three things. It's they either are targeting the wrong people um, or they suck on the phone, which is fixable. And, uh, uh, or they're not getting their question answered. So if you are a fearless agent, we follow a formula. And this is the secret to sales, okay? I call it the science of sales. In any sales situation, there is one magic question that needs to be asked. And you need to have this elaborate setup before it that causes them to not ever get it wrong. And that in a split second, you'd be able to have to ascertain what is the magic question, what's the setup, and do it. And if you're talking slow, then they're less likely to interrupt you, and you have time to think that up. So um, targeting, if they're targeting the wrong people, uh, if you ask Jesse James, why did he rob banks, the answer was because that's where the money is. And real estate agents get paid out of something called the equity and millennials all have something. And you look like a millennial. Are you a millennial? I'm 35. I don't even know how old You're am I. You're the last year. I'm the last, am I the last They're year? qualified. Yeah, yeah. But your friends are all broke. <laughs> they all have crushing school debt and they'll never have any money. So ignore the millennials. Go after their parents. Yeah. Old people have equity. And I'm coming out with a new cologne. It's called Equity. It smells like Bengay and mothballs. You know? <laughs> so if you're driving through a neighborhood and you spell, is that Bengay? Is that mothballs? That's equity. That's old people. And uh, they live in older neighborhoods. So if you are, uh, what town are you in? I'm in Wakefield, which is 10 miles north of Boston. Okay. So Boston probably is, but there are, that's a, a high appreciating area. I'm guessing, I don't know, but usually a good rule of thumb would be 1995 or older neighborhoods. Have oh yeah. 1995 and older. Yeah. Tons of equity. I, I do it this way. The, the houses all have to have doubled in value since they were built. That would yep. be a rule of thumb. So if you're, if you're targeting older people, older neighborhoods, um, that's the targeting. And then single family homes only because condos and multifamily never gets any equity. That stuff doesn't go up in value. So just focus on single family homes only, old people. Uh, that cures a lot of problems right there. Mm -hmm. If they don't have equity, the only conversation they ever want to have is grinding you on your commission and overpricing their house. And I always say, if you go looking for trouble, you'll find it. So young people is trouble. If they're buyers, that's fine. But um, old people, seller old people is what you want. Old yep. people like me. I'm, I'm one of them now. So that's it. And then just, just always get your question answered on the phone. Don't ask bad questions. Uh, don't say the words you see all these nitwits on YouTube saying. Wait a minute. I am one of those nitwits on YouTube. I right, forget I said that. Well, what, what type of things are you talking about? Well, I, I was noticed that the other coaches are asking insane questions. Like, like what? Uh, like they'll call an expired and they'll say, why do you think your house didn't sell? 
I cannot imagine a dumber question. If I lied awake nights, that would be the dumbest question because think about it. If they knew why their house didn't sell, <laughs> it would have sold, number one. Their answer probably be would be because you idiots didn't sell it when it was for sale. Yeah. Uh, so nothing good could come from that. And I'm the agent. I should know why it didn't sell. And by the way, I do know. It didn't sell because it was invisible to the one buyer on planet Earth willing to pay more for it than anybody else in the whole world and probably the top 100 buyers. That's why it didn't sell. I don't tell them that, but at least I know it. And uh, so just the, the words they say are crazy. And then they ask a question. The people don't answer it. They just keep moving on as if it wasn't important. It's just, uh, it just has nothing to do with sales, frankly. Do you, when, as part of your program, do you have any um, recordings of other people making calls? Or No, thank goodness. No, you need to go make the calls. You don't need to record them. What happens is when you make a call and you're using the right words, um, then what happens is um, they'll say something that's the wrong answer or, the, or they didn't answer the question. They'll answer some question you did not ask more commonly. Mm-hmm. And then the agent, my coaching student, calls me and they say, hey, I said this and they said that. I go, well, that's easy. You just didn't get the question answered. Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, yeah. I go, okay, we'll do better next time. And that's the coaching scam. That's how it works. But basically, yeah. it's all the problems on prospecting or they didn't get their question answered. And it's just a discipline that you have to have. You know, it's just like I do it with kids. I'll say to some high school kid, I'll say, hey, what do you want to be if you grow up? And they go, uh, I don't know. And I go, well, if you did know, what would the answer be? And they go, marine biologist. Just like that, they know. So if you, you just keep asking the same question, you can ask it a different way. But like on an expired uh, if I called an expired, I would say, hi, my name is Bob Leffler. I'm a real estate agent with a company called Fearless Agent Realty. And I was just calling because my records indicate that your house was for sale and left the market unsold. Is that true? Now, it either is true or it's not. And that's kind of a complicated thing, though. They go, uh, yeah. I said, well, the reason I'm calling you is I specialize in helping people who have had their house for sale but they were unsuccessful because their agent didn't do their job. Do you think that was the case for you? Now, I don't want to tell them that their agent didn't do their job. I want to see if they will tell me that their agent didn't do their job. So, you know, they're expired. What do you think 80% of them do? Do you think they blame their agent? No, they say, no, no, it wasn't my agent's fault. And then, you know, think about it. If, it's either their house is such a crappy house that all the others will sell, but theirs won't sell, and the agent's great, and even the greatest agent couldn't sell it, or maybe there was some room for improvement in what the agent did. Do you think maybe that was the thing? So if they say, well, yeah, maybe, you know, I don't need to attack their agent, but I need, I need him to say, yeah, we're not happy that our house didn't sell. We think there was some room for improvement. And then every fearless agent would say, well, you know, I just want you to know I do business completely differently than all other agents. It virtually guarantees you of two things. One is that your house actually will sell. Number two is that you will end up with way, way more money, bottom line, than you could get any other way. Would you say that's definitely what you're looking for? If they say yes to that, even if they just blame their agent, you're going to get the appointment booked every single time. 
So if they say, how many houses have you sold in my neighborhood, Bob? I'd say, well, would you say that is what you're looking for? Are you allergic to money or do you want your house to sell for more? If there was a magic trick that I could do, and I can, it would cause the buyer to grossly overpay for your house and they'd be happy they did. And you'd end up with way more money. Is that what you want? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So can I explain step-by-step step exactly how I do that? And they always say, yes. They say, okay, step number one is we're going to meet. And I like to meet with people in the afternoons or the evenings. Do you and your wife have nine to five jobs? Yes, we do. You know, I've got 7 p.m. available next Thursday. I'm booked until then or the following Monday. Would that be better? And then you book the appointment and they find out about all the other steps after that. So effortless. you'll always schedule the appointment if they blame their agent. I promise you. And are you somebody that when you're face to face, you try to do a two step or a one step? One step. Time management. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of them turn into a two-step or a three-step, you know, because uh, the people are satanic or whatever. But um, but don't don't set it up that way. You want to you want to do one step. If you're a fearless agent, you're going to be able to walk into a stranger's house, get it listed at full commission. You'll always win. You'll always beat out every other agent. And when I say full commission, I mean it rhymes with heaven, but it's not eleven percent. You keep four. Uh, you get a one-year listing when everybody else is doing 90 days. You get them underpriced on day one because they begged you to do it. You get pre-signed price reductions of 25000 or 5000 just in case you screwed it up. Um, that, that would be effortless every time. So if you just do things in the right order, um, then everything goes your way. And you can do it in one stop. Awesome. And so for those of you who, for those of the listeners that want to work with you, what's the best way to get in touch with you? This will be a shameless plug. Go right ahead. Here's how it goes. Okay. First of all, you could call me on the telephone, right? 480-385-8810. Toll free day or night. I won't answer, but you can call me. No, I'll answer. I'll call you back very quick. Um, You can go to fearlessagent.com. We have a 45-minute free test drive webinar. It's packed with jokes, so don't worry, okay? No good information. It's all jokes. (laughs) Go to that. You might learn something. I don't know. But if you at the end of that, you would probably have a pretty good idea whether Fearless Agent was right for you. Let's say it's right for you, but you're broke. You don't have any money. No problem. Go to the videos page, scroll down to the bottom. There's a whole bunch of videos. Watch them from the bottom up. They're in a more logical order that way. Why are they backwards? Because my web guy's an idiot. Don't ask me. It's too hard. I can't fix him. That's my problem. So watch them from the bottom up. It gives you a real solid foundation on the basics of sales and uh, and that would help you make enough money to afford fearless agent coaching. Even if you're not a coaching student of mine, you can always call me. I'm always happy to help you. Um, we always help you for free until you can afford it. So that's how we do it. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for, for coming on today. Thanks for listening to Agent Investor. And especially thank you for sharing the show with other agents and reviewing the show on iTunes. Every time you share the show, you are potentially changing someone's life. 
To get weekly video trainings and connect with other agent investors, join our free private Facebook group. Just go to joincamerancoaching.com and we'll add you to the group. We'd love to see you there. And stay tuned for the next episode of Agent Investor.